The Trump administration's nominee to be the Navy's top installations official promises to make fixing the Navy's housing problems his top priority. At his confirmation hearing yesterday, the longtime real estate executive expressed a combination of anger and confusion about how bad the living conditions on some military bases have gotten. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has details. The problems are not isolated to Navy housing. Just this week, federal investigators served a search warrant on a private housing office at Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma, reportedly as part of an investigation into improper handling of asbestos. At his confirmation hearing, Charles Williams, the nominee to be the Assistant Secretary of the Navy for Installations, Energy and Environment, said he doesn't have an exact diagnosis for what's gone wrong in the Military Housing Privatization Initiative, but based on his four decades of experience in the private real estate sector, the conditions are unacceptable. One standard I used when I refurbished the property to get it ready for the next tenant, would I live in that property? Would I have my family live in that property? I've seen some pictures of some housing that I cannot believe that any professional property manager would allow a tenant to live like that or would, it, or would make a correction, a maintenance action, and not do a better job than the pictures I've seen. I'm kind of livid about this because as a commanding officer, it is about taking care of our people and we've let them down. Williams told the Senate Armed Services Committee the housing conditions aren't just a health and safety problem for sailors and their families. They have a connection to military readiness, too. The last thing we need is a young sailor to be on a destroyer in the South, in the, uh, South China Sea standing watch and prior to going on watch gets a message that his family has gone to an emergency room because of respiratory problems for a spouse and a child and now he's distracted he's mad at the navy and he's supposed to be out there looking for ships so we don't have another collision like we have with the Fitzgerald and McCain. Williams, a former sailor himself, says he supported the privatization initiative when it first began in the 1990s and still does because, he says, building and maintaining homes is not a core competency of the military. He says it's clear, though, that DOD took its eye off the ball when it came to providing oversight over the private housing providers. Nonetheless, he says it's baffling to him that professional companies could have provided such poor service. I haven't had a chance to see the contracts. I'm not allowed to see those at this point. I would like to look at default provisions, responsibilities, Abilities, the partnership agreements. I, I think I'm safe in saying this, but I would like to, since it's public record, I know I have worked with a couple of these firms, Lincoln and Len Lee specifically. These are professional firms. They're international, national, international firms. They ought to be embarrassed that this kind of property management goes on. Our sailors should not have to put up with that and their families. I, I don't get it. I mean, these people are professionals. They don't know how to manage a property, particularly an apartment building. Williams did acknowledge one key difference in the customer base for those companies' properties on military installations compared with their commercial ones. In many cases, they're serving a captive audience with few or no off-base housing options. Virginia Senator Tim Kaine says that's the exact conclusion he's reached. On the private provider side, they treat our folks like they're a captive audience. Um, you have done work in the field and you know if you're out in the commercial space and if you allow the conditions of your properties to degrade, then your t occupancy rate goes down because there's a lot of competition out there. But the same companies that know that principle because they operate commercial divisions in the, in the uh, apartment market, we're treating our men and women in uniform like they were captives or hostages, that they didn't have to do anything good for them because where are they going to live anyway? And that, that attitude... As you say, you've seen pictures that make you livid. That attitude, is, it makes me livid, and it's infuriating. But Kane says the government is also to blame, not just the Defense Department, but in some ways Congress, too. As one example, he points to recent mandates in annual defense authorization acts that required defense organizations to make arbitrary percentage cuts to their headquarters staffing levels. We had a hearing last month on military housing, and I asked a follow-up question 
and the only branch that has yet answered my question has been the Army. But the question I asked is, in implementing the cuts, how many cuts came out of your housing operation? The Army answered um, 33% of the housing section staff was reduced because of the headquarters cuts that we mandated in the NDAA. No wonder people can't get something done and they can't get the work overseen to make sure that the work order is actually done and the place is habitable. That same headquarters cut also mandated reductions in the number of general officers just to a percentage, not particularly strategic. We just did a space force that added back way more general officers than we mandated cut two years ago. So I think we have to think about our downstream consequences too. Headquarters was seen as, oh, if we can cut headquarters because that's somebody sitting in a big office somewhere. Senators are also pressing the military services to hold housing providers accountable for potential violations of terms of their contracts, and some, including Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, have suggested possible criminal liability for the poor conditions. Williams says he hasn't studied the issue closely enough to know whether that's a possibility, but he's certainly open to the idea. If confirmed, one of the things I want to do is I, I, I go out and visit these sites. I want to understand what our options are, both legally and uh, uh, just professionally. I mean, there ought to be some pride in doing this kind of work. But I'm going to put some people on notice. I'm going to give them a probation. you got to fix this. you got so much time. If I don't see improvement, that accountability may go beyond that to whatever I can possibly do to... Well, I don't want to go too far because I don't know enough right now to, to probably say what I can do. But once I learn what I can do, I'm going to take some action. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. Pop quiz. What can you buy for three ninety nine? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash bestmusic for details. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. <laughs> 